Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the first episode of the 2018 Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. Uh, my name is Joe Marcellina. Happy to be here with you again for another start of uh, uh, lacrosse season. Uh, joining me this week and every week this season is uh, Chris Hetler, head coach of the two-time defending champion Dairyfield Boys Lacrosse team. Chris, welcome and uh, thanks for joining me. Joe, thanks for having me back again this year. Uh, we're once again recording this at uh, Riverside Barbecue in Nashua. We'll be here pretty much every Wednesday around 7 o'clock throughout the season. Uh, you, of course, can send us questions for an upcoming show by emailing nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com, or you can get at us on Twitter at nhhsports, or if you're really brave, you can come on down and listen to us live, uh, heckle us during the show. <laughs> uh, we might respond, we might not, well, who knows. Uh, of course, the show is available every Thursday morning at nh-highschoolsports.com and also on iTunes. Uh, Coach, let's let's get into this. Yeah, uh, let's welcome get right back. Um, hope you enjoyed. Uh, had a good uh, off season. Off season's always a little better when you win the championship, right? <laughs> you can always sleep a little bit better, but only only for a couple <laughs> days, and then you're right back at it. How so. how much time did you actually take until uh, you were already thinking about 2018? Yeah, well, we enjoyed it for a little bit. I, there was a week or two there, where, but then you know the season now with the club circuit and everything else the season doesn't really stop so we got we got right back into it and um you know but um you know just excited we got a great group of kids and um you know practices start up next week for us we we give our kids we do that march break where we have the two weeks off right. so we'll do double yep. sessions next week but no trips to florida this year no uh, trips to florida but <laughs> we're taking the kids to syracuse god bless my parents they're they're hosting us again and uh, wow we're gonna go see the the iroquois reservation we're gonna see the stick maker down there uh elfie jocks and uh, we're going to see Lemoyne and Merrimack. We got some we got some alumni playing for Merrimack, so we're going to see the n number one uh, number one Merrimack versus number two Lemoyne this weekend. So that'll be that'll be fun for the Very kids. Very nice. So yeah. how many kids? Your your parents are taking on how many high school kids into their uh, their we house got, for the weekend? Uh, we got a we got a, a a smaller group, but six. We got about sixteen kids coming. We got some other kids on uh, Dairyfield does global trips, so we got some kids over in London and Vietnam and down in the Caribbean doing some different uh, school related stuff. But uh, we got we got about sixteen kids coming. So. Oh, God, God, God bless them. Yeah, <laughs> we're good. Uh, so today, uh, of course, of course, we're you know you like you said you guys are starting your practices next week. Uh, looking around the state, pretty much I believe everyone else has started uh, this past Monday. Uh, whether it be on plowed turf fields, plowed parking lots. Drove uh, past. Uh, I was on my way down Route Three today and saw Merrimack High School to my left and uh, saw the kids out in the parking lot playing wall ball. You know, running around out there. So people are making do. Yeah, might I, be a little snow tonight. Might have to. <laughs> a lot of people might be doing it, that tomorrow. Will it ever end? Yeah. I, it feels like it's never going to end, but it will. We know it will. Yep. Uh, we'll be complaining about the heat before right. you know it. Right. Well, it's, this is what one of the few seasons. Uh, falls kind of like it, but I think by the time that ends, it's it's not four as seasons in one. But yeah, we go from what thirty degree weather and snow to yep. ninety degrees and yep. thunderstorm potential thunderstorms on championship day. So. Uh, or, well, hopefully not. But, hopefully you know, not. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, but today, you know, we we here wanting to talk about uh, a little bit about the Division One side of things. Um, mostly talk about the boys. Maybe throw a little bit of girls D one sure. in there too. Um, of course, last year ended with uh, BG beating Pinkerton in the championship. Um, you know, and from from what other people are seem to be saying, uh, this year might not be too much different. Uh, at least in terms of who's in the final. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, just playing around on paper before we came in, I was writing some things down, and I, I think you've got sort of four 
sub brackets within within the D1 landscape there. Um, you know, looking, I think at the top, I think it's still a BG Pinkerton race for one and two. And, you know, we were discussing, you know, it kind of, it'll be interesting to see how the, the out-of-state, both teams play a lot of out-of-state teams yep. and how that affects their record. Obviously, if they win all those games, it won't really make a difference. No. But, um, you know, if they lose some of those games, can an Exeter, can a Bedford sneak in there and get, get a one or a two seed out of it and change, change the landscape a little bit? But from all indications, it looks like, you know, BG and Pinkerton won two. Uh, and then um, go over real quick what those out of out of state sure. games are. Of course, BG has maybe one of the most interesting games of the year to start off with Mercer Island, who's what the the Washington State Washington champs? State uh, state champs um, must have an unbelievable booster club <laughs> to be able to come out here and play some I, of the teams. It's like, they're I someone was telling me this is like a regular thing that they do yeah. coming out to the e- coming out yep. east to play teams. Uh, so they open the season with that game. Then of course they play at Needham at Boston College uh, in April. Um, and then at Reading, uh, and have Zaverian Brothers and Duxbury at home. That might be the first time they play Duxbury up here at Stellos. Uh, usually, the the usually a uh, usually a neutral site game. It's it's great to get. That'll be a, a real treat for New Hampshire fans of lacrosse up here. Yeah. They definitely get out to that game if you can. Yeah. And then uh, Pinkerton, of course, plays uh, Medfield at home, uh, Cohasset on the road, Longmeadow and Andover back to back at home, uh, and then at Lincoln Sudbury. Uh, the last week of the season. So basically, between BG and Pinkerton, they are probably playing the top ten teams in Massachusetts, which is great for the state. I mean, if it, you know, especially if we can win some of those games, it really will gr- bring some great exposure to the state up here, which they have in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, but you were saying the rest of the, you know, kind of shapes up, you know, almost that top eight. You go kind of in pairs. Yeah, I think I think if you're looking for the three-four spot, I think uh, you're looking at Exeter and Bedford. Um, I know there's probably some Sauhegan Sauhegan fans out there that'll that'll probably disagree with that, um, but I think I have Sauhegan just outside of that three-four, competing with with Londonderry and Hanover for that five-six spot. You know, and obviously the third team there would fall down to the seven spot. And then I think you got Salem and Concord fighting for that last spot in in, in the landscape there. Um, could there be a surprise team? There could be, but I, I think those are those are the eight eight te- or nine teams vying for the eight the eight spots in the in the playoffs there, sort of in that group. Um, and we can get into each each team individually there. Um, you know, in years past, this was kind of a face-off dominated league. Um, a lot of those guys have graduated or transferred. Um, there is, however, a, a very good stash of goalies in Division One this year. So I, I think that could kind of define how the season goes for a lot of these teams. Uh, kind of, yeah, for the, the for BG and Pinkerton, kind of opposite ends of the, the spectrum there in terms of goalie experience. Of course, Pinkerton's got uh, Alex Sturgis coming back, who's is all he, American. Yeah, all American, four year four year starter, or at least uh, three year starter, at least a three year starter. Yeah, yep. um, you know, and that's. I mean, he's got to be one of the. I mean, he's it was a big part of of why they were a good defensive team last year. I mean, they had a good defense, but I mean, he really cleaned up any mistakes that they made. Absolutely. Um, and and the big thing will be how will how will they put, what kind of defense will they be able to put in? They graduated some very good kids last year, and I think for Pinkerton, their strength is going to be on attack this year. You know, um, I know they have a a faceoff guy in the wings. Uh, you know. With Nathan the Liberty transferring, that's going to be an issue for them. With being such a strong attack group, they're going to score goals, but they got to get the ball. Right. And then if they don't get the ball, who's going to be in front of Sturgis to help him to help him stop the ball? So um, that'll be an issue for Pinkerton if they can't win faceoffs. 
you know, what kind of defense will be in front of Sturgis and can they make stops to get the ball down to the other end. If they do, they're going to score a lot of goals. Of course, you mentioned that attack, and of course they've got back um, Ryan Osier, who's I feel like he's been playing for Pinkerton for about 10 years, and he's, what, only a junior? He's only a junior. Uh, Bryant commit, yeah. um, you know, very, very crafty, um, you know, great feeder, great finisher. Um, he'll have Chad Tereski, he'll have Valentine, um, you know, he, he's got some real playmakers in front of him. And then at the midfield, they've got Sweeney and Druin. Um, they've, they've got some guys that can put the ball in the back of the net. But like I said, it's going to be who's going to be that guy that re replaces the Liberty to get the ball. Uh, and of course, uh, for BG, uh, stepping in in goal this year is uh, James Hetmiller, who, um, you know, looks like he's, he's a sophomore, um, might have a hard time passing for a, a sophomore in most places. Uh, uh, seems like a great kid. He can and, pass and he for just, middle school in a lot of places. School. But his play, his play on the field, he's big on the field, so... Um, yeah. Just I, the little that I've seen of him, um, particularly that second half of that semifinal game against Exeter last year, um, you know, that despite his size, I feel like he almost is able to make some of the saves that he makes because of his size. I think shooters get, I think shooters get lulled into, they see openings in the cage because he doesn't take up space and they, they end up shooting to spots where James just all of a sudden reacts and he makes that save and the shooters just all the, they're like, how did that happen? And he, he just seems to see the ball a little bit quicker than other goalies that I've seen in the past. Amazing reflexes. Um, and I think the big difference is he's gonna have a very experienced defense in front of him. Uh, Flynn, Gould, Barker, uh, Frechette. He's got, I mean, Pinkerton, has, or uh, sorry, BG has a very deep uh, defensive group this year. They've got a lot of, a lot of depth there. Um, a lot of size too. I mean, lot a size. lot of those kids are tall, uh, tall and lanky. Yep. Which athletic, uh, yeah, rangy. Yep. You I, know, I, I think that's the big difference. BG, looking at all the teams, seems to have the most balance. I think every every team is defined by one or two groups that they have. BG across the board seems to have depth at every position, um, and I think that's going to be the difference in the season. And obviously, you can't talk about them this year without mentioning uh, Brian Cameron. Um, you know, came in last year, uh, son of Chris Cameron, came in last year as a junior, um, just really is the kind of player that, you know, you don't, I mean, there's been a lot of good lacrosse players that have come through, but he's one of those ones that, you know, you remember 5, 10, 15 years down the road. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and with Brian, it's going to be kind of pick your poison. Like if, if you try and double team him or shut him off, they have so many other players around him. You know, he can be a ball distributor, he can be a finisher, he can be a creator. Um, if you try and shut him off, he's going to go and pick on ball. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that he can do that's just going to make everyone around him better. And, and like we said, he's got, he's got Drew Haley, he's got Brennan McGinnis, both kids going to Merrimack, uh, number one ranked Merrimack. Um, he's got a good finisher in Sam Prunier on the crease. Um, you know, and then and then his brother, who's committed to Maryland, Sean. I mean, is a, is an outstanding threat too. So, you know, I think it's going to be a tough matchup problem for a lot of teams this year to figure out what to do with Brian. And then once you figure out what to do with Brian, how do you stop all these other threats around him? Uh, you you mentioned Sean and and another guy. I mean, he's another guy that um, is a little on the the shorter side, at least compared to Brian. Um, and then uh, another guy that came on at the end of last year who was, uh, as a freshman, was, um, uh, I'm going to mispronounce his name, probably Ben Abladian. Abladian, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I seen seeing them a little bit this week. Um, 
you know, those two guys look like they're, you know, if those other guys aren't there, that they're able to step up and maybe might even deceive a little, you know, some teams with their size. And, of course, they've got phenomenal speed. Absolutely. And, and I think that's, you know, and there's a, there's another player, uh, James's brother, Chris Heitmiller, who, uh, who they're looking for to step up sort of either as a midfielder or as an attackman this year. Great hands, great feeder. Um, I, I think that's the problem with BG is you just – how are you going to defend all the different options that they have there? It's going to take a perfect defensive game for mm -hmm. some team and a very hot goalie in order to stop all those guys. Um, you know, and one of the teams that you mentioned is kind of being the next group um, was a surprise kind of semifinalist last year. Um, and – whether you believe it or not, it looked kind of like they might have given BG a little bit of a scare at first in that semifinal game was, was Exeter. Um, and, you know, they've got uh, some really talented kids coming back in yeah. some key spots. And I think I think it starts with the, the, the defense that anchors the team. Um, vote and net, you know, we've talked about the goalies, uh, the goalie play this year, um, you know, with, with James Heitmiller and Sturgis. You know, Vote is definitely up there with one of the w one of the top goalies in the league, and, and then on defense, Orofici and Finnerty, those two guys locking down on the defensive end there. So it sort of starts from the goal and pushes outwards with them. Um, you know, they were able to play some very strong defense against against BG last year, and I think just you know depth kind of wore them down in the second half. But you know, they they're a younger team, and more in indoor, they were really impressive this winter. Um, they ran toe-to-toe -to -toe with a lot of teams in indoor, and so I think there's some big expectations on these guys coming into the spring. And you mentioned the goalie again, and he's another one that's just, you know, just a sophomore. Um, you know, not, so it seems like not only is their talent, you know, in goal. Henry and James are, are two of the top goalies in New Hampshire, especially for their age. They're, they're going to be, there's going to be a lot of teams following around this summer on the club circuit. Um, you know, and then, of course, Bedford, I think, you know, we've talked about in the past that, you know, maybe they're a little, they start off a little bit slow because they've, it seems like they've always got a number of guys that are playing other winter sports. Um, you remember last year they had the couple of kids miss some games because they'd played, you know, in a hockey tournament that yep. they weren't supposed to or something along those lines or someone said they weren't supposed to, um, you know, and, and, and they, you know, I know they lost some kids, um, including their, their goalie from last year, Sean Tierney. Um, yep. you know, why do you, why do you have them kind of in that group? Well, I think coming in the season, I think, I think coach Gerard's happy that maybe some teams and, and coaches are sleeping on them a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think, I think the hot team right now is Exeter, you know, a kid we didn't talk about from Exeter, Mike Penna, he's committed to Canisius, um, you know, very flashy player and, and quick feet. He's going to be a big goal scorer for them, but I like Bedford because I look at their midfield and, and their depth in the defense. Um, you know, on defense, they've got Barlotta, Flynn, Logan Jernak, uh, Reed Kirkpatrick. They've got a good, experienced defense there. Luke Bull is probably going to be the starter coming into the season, or at least he's going to be given that chance. And with an experienced defense in front of him, he's going to be in good shape there. The big question mark for Bedford, though, is, is who are they going to have on attack? Um, their midfield, they, they've got a bunch of kids that have played together for a long time, Devin LaFrance, uh, Gannon Lowry, Kyle Fink, um, Tim Spencer, that a kid Ryan Ryan Toscano who who really put up some good numbers last year. Kind of he wasn't big on the club scene and came out of nowhere. Um, so they're they're going to be able to put the ball in the back of the net and get it. 
but who are going to be those three guys that are going to have to handle it when they're distributing down there? I think that's their big question mark coming into this season, goalie and attack. Yeah, you mentioned the goalie stepping in, uh, Bold being a senior, and I, this is probably, what, the first time maybe since the first or second year of the program that they haven't had a uh, you know freshman or sophomore goalie that stepped in and kind of taken over the reins potentially for three or four years. So that's kind of kind of a un- unique um you know, just situation to be in. You know, and Luke's, Luke's paid his dues. He's he's uh, he's worked really hard. He's uh, he's attended he's attended some of my camps. He's played tomahawks in the off season. He'll be ready, but there, there's nothing until you've actually gotten a couple games under your belt. Um, there's nothing like playing in a, in a varsity game going up against BG and Pinkerton and some of these teams. So he'll have to prove himself, but he'll have a very experienced defense in front of him to do it. Speaking of, again of goalies, um, you know, does Sauhegan maybe have one of the better ones that no one has really ever heard of because he's replacing Alex Burnley, who's a, a, a kid who really never came off the field for Sauhegan. Yeah, John, yeah. John Loans is a, is a very good goalie. I've, I've had the pleasure of coaching him when I was coaching the uh, the 2019 team with the Tomahawks. And, um, you know, very athletic kid. He was a uh, he's a ski racer and a freestyle skier and, and does a lot of stuff in the offseason. The so uh, quarterback of the football team this past year, too. Football yeah. team, so clearly, clearly a very athletic kid. Um, I think that won't be, you know, Alex Burnley starting for Dartmouth right now. You say, how can there not be a drop-off? Well, I think I think there won't be as big a drop-off as people think there. Um, you know, John John's a very good goalie, and I expect him to be ready to play. He's played at a high level in the club scene, so that, that shouldn't be too big of an issue for them. You know, I, I got a chance to actually see him play last year. Uh, I believe it was when they played Londonderry towards the end of the season where um, – you know, they just weren't getting anything going offensively. And um, Keith Bertrand took Burnley out and put him at attack and put lo- loans in a, a goal. Yeah. And I, I think I might have texted you at the time and said, what, what is this? Do you How have any idea what yeah. this is? This? And yeah. the, the, he made a couple of great saves and um, they ended up losing that game. But um, they stayed in it because, th- you know, this sophomore that, you know, I'd, I certainly had never heard of uh, came in and, and stood on his head. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, he doesn't have a, a, a huge um, experience group in front of him. Um, Belosky returns, Palmer Belosky returns, but, you know, they, they did they have over the last couple of years lost some very good defenders, so that could be an issue for them. Um, I, I, I think, uh, talking to Keith a little bit, that um, Jack Manning's another guy that he's pretty high on. He's very uh, high on Jack. Jack's been battling an injury, coming back from an injury, but he's uh, he should be ready to go for the spring. I think he wasn't playing indoor, just kind of resting up and making sure. But yeah, Jack should be Jack should be a good addition. I think his uh, Keith's hope too was that they'd be a little bit more balanced this year than they were last year. That that offense was really really a big struggle for them, but that some of these younger kids might be ready to step up. But if not, then. You know yeah. they have a little bit of, uh, of experience on defense to fall back on. I think I think you want to look to Nick Jordan and Ethan Hopi down on attack for them. Um, Hall and Horner at the midfield return with a lot of experience. Uh, Savilio, um, and then I I look for a kid Curtis Red uh, who who's a sophomore this year midfielder. He he was really impressive at the Under Armour tryouts last year and then again at indoor this summer. So. They could be a team that could sneak into that conversation for for a three four spot, you know, um, if if things go right for right, them. Right. Yeah. I do think they need to they need to establish a face off guy. Um, I think that's one thing where, you know, I don't on paper I don't see uh, a dominant face off guy for them. And if you want to get into that conversation for a final four spot, you get you got to have a good good ball face off guy. 
maybe one of the bigger things too is all of those guys that you mentioned on offense, uh, with the exception of, of Hopi, um, they're all juniors and sophomores. So that's um, that's a big thing. I think you know if you you know trying to get you know some momentum going, uh, you know looking at their schedule, it's not you know of course you know they play BG, they play Pinkerton. Um, you know they're only out of state game this year is against uh, Framingham, um, which I think Keith kept on there after he moved over from North. They play Salem twice. Um, you know, outside of that, it's nothing that's uh, I don't and South twice, so nothing that's unmanageable. I don't. Yeah, think. and that's that's what we kind of talked about is you, you just don't know how these things are going to play out based on the schedules because everybody plays an unbalanced schedule. So could you could you see a Southeegan as a three or a four seed? You absolutely could based on you know just the team schedules and things like that. Um, you know, I think they they lost games at. at they lost a Concord game at home last year. That was a real close one. So if they win some of those closer games, they they definitely could be in the conversation. I've had an epic game seed. at the end of the year last year against Bedford that I think went what four four overtimes. Yeah. Um, with only seven goals scored. Um, you know, ha actually have them twice too. Um, now that I look at the, looking at that, um, yeah. If I mean they win a couple of those ones that maybe they aren't supposed to. That game at Exeter at the end of the season could be could be a huge playoff playoff seeding game there. Yeah. So. Um, also in that group, what you've got uh, Londonderry. So we're talking about Londonderry and Hanover. Um, I think Londonderry is going to be a really uh, a really young team this year. Uh, Roger Sampson takes over as head coach, um, so they've got a new head coach. Um, you know, they've graduated some great players in the last couple of years, so. Out of that, out of that secondary group, I, I kind of see them maybe being the odd man out, and maybe being like the seven or eight seed, um, and just Hanover, Hanover might might sneak ahead of them. Um, I like what Coach Gardner is doing up up north up there. Um, he lost some kids too, but they they seem to have established a good pipeline again. I mean, yeah, looking at at Londonderry's, of course, lo looking at the roster from last year, um, just looks like it's a, a ton of kids, uh, a ton of seniors, um, just. The last two year, the last two years, Londonderry's lost some some very good midfielders and just just depth at a lot of different positions. Um, you know, they're they've got to replace a faceoff guy, a lot of their defense, a lot of their attack. So, um, it's going to be it'll be a rebuilding season for them this year. But you know, one guy that I, I'd be interested to see um, because he kind of had a breakout year uh, for football is this uh, is a uh, Jeffrey Weidenfeld who is a sophomore. Um, I remember watching him that first game of the year against BG in football. And I want to say, I mean, knowing what I know now about, you know, how the football season played out, maybe not as much of a surprise. But, I mean, he, he rushed for about 250 yards in that game. Just looked, had the speed, the athleticism. Um, he's, what, the youngest of a, a couple of siblings? He's had a, yep, yeah, he's had a couple of brothers come through the program um, that have been very good. Yeah. You know, really athletic family. And, I mean, that, that's why you never count Londonderry out. They've got a lot of good athletes. Um, you know, in their town program is always really good. The, the youth programs every year consistently turn out, uh, you know, great kids. So, while they might be down this year, I would look for them to bounce back in the next really quickly. Um. You know, Hanover is kind of always, I think, the unknown for those of us that are down here because we don't really know. You know, we just don't, don't get, get out that way. Lot. Yeah, they yeah. do. Um, they do play at BG the first week of the season. I think that first Thursday. Um, and I, I'll, I know I'll be headed over there if nothing else, just to kind of see them. But they have what looks like kind of a brutal schedule to open the year because they hope they have five road games. 
none of which I don't think are, are all that. I don't know exactly know where Champlain Valley Union is. Um, it, it's I'm near them, and that's a traditional rival right. for them. They play them just about um, every year, and that's and it seems the last couple of years, from if I remember scores right, it's always been a very very a close, close game. Yeah. So that 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 that's one that could turn yeah. their season right. So there. that's that's April 9th to start the season, and then the next next uh, two games, back to back days, they're going to Pinkerton and then to Bishop Girton uh, on the 11th and the 12th. They might as well just get a hotel <laughs> down here in Nashua, spend the night. Just you know, I'll have all the kids calling sick the next day. Boy, that that's uh, a tough that's a tough yeah. one. Uh, if I was Coach Gardner, I don't know if that that's a, that's a tough one. I, there may not have been another another date to play, but uh, yikes, that's a, that's a that's a brutal gauntlet right there. And then and then after an eight day layoff, um, I I don't. The only Thornton I know is the Thornton Academy that's in Maine. Uh, I can't imagine that are you know that they're making that or they must be. I'm, I'm that's on their schedule. They must be. But it's another back to back with that game it, and then it could be because they're playing Yarmouth, so yeah. it very well could be. They might be just be making a trip out there and, and playing two teams. But yeah, back to back games. So I just um, you know uh, uh, what seems certainly seems like a crazy start for the season to them. But they're you know they're another one. You look at this schedule and you know they play. They don't play anyone twice within the division. Um, it's manageable if they win the game. If they win the game, those close games that they that they should win, then then they they could they could get in as that eight seed again, like they did last year. Um, I'll give you an update though. We're we're scrimmaging on them the uh, <laughs> Saturday from now, not this Saturday yeah. coming up, the thirty first, thirty first, thirty first. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and then kind of the the last couple teams that you've got. Uh, you know, I kind of like, I kinda like, Sa- I kinda like Salem. Um, they they had some good. They had some. They showed some really good players during the uh, during the indoor session. Um, they've got a new. They just hired a new coach, a uh, younger guy. Um, you know, so that's you know with a little coaching upheaval and not not having consistency there, it might be a little slow start to the season. Just getting used to a new system and you know the coach getting used to the the guys on the team. But they definitely have talent. They they played well in indoor this year, and so. That's why I kind of have them in that seven-eight spot, along with Concord. Um, I think from talking to Coach Smith, um, could be could be a little bit of a rebuilding season for them. There, he seems to think they're going to be a younger team. Um, you know, for the last couple of years, they've had Ethan Donlin and Net, and um, you know, he's really anchored that team and allowed them to do some things defensively, just because of his ability to be a ball stopper and and just his amazing play in net. Uh, Marceau on defense is gone. They lost some pretty nice seniors from that class, um, so it could be, it could be them looking to get in. And that again, based you know, it all depends on their schedule. But um, you know, I kind of see Hanover, Salem, Concord, and Londonderry battling it out for those last three spots. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a, play the role of Homer a little bit here okay. and throw Nashua South potentially. I don't ah, know. all I, right. I'm, you know, all right. I, I just always. I yep. know that the last yep. couple of years they've the, Bill has talked up, you know, the group of, of senior I think they're seniors now, either seniors, juniors that he's had. I like um, it. you know, and I, I knowing some of them, um, you know, the one big one that comes to mind, Sean Holland, who is just a uh, the kind of kid that, that you'd want I think start in any team. Um, stand out at, at quarterback and football, a, a good enough basketball player that, you know, he was one of the top defenders in the state. Um you know, and a, and a pretty good lacrosse player too. I don't know what the, how much that's going to help, because um, it certainly takes more than one guy, um, you know, to, to get a team into the playoffs. But um, you know, just having talked to and watched them a little bit over the years, uh, 
they were close last year. And I think if a couple of things had broken their way earlier in the year, um, they might have had a shot at getting in. I'm impressed with their uh, with their schedule. They put together they put together a hefty schedule there. They're playing a lot of games. It looks like maybe seven looks like maybe a 17 game schedule. Um, you know they've got some they've got some nice games. They got a game against Chumsford. They've got a, they got a Hollis Brookline in there. Um, you know, it's it's definitely a tough schedule, but he's. I think he must have a lot of faith in his seniors this year because he's challenged his kids. Yeah, they double up with uh, with Salem and Concord, and of course North uh, play them twice. Um, yeah, I mean that stretch at the end there where they're on the road for four straight games, and and in the middle of that back to back days at Hanover and then at Exeter, that's not ideal. But you know, if they can get to that point and those games mean something, then I'm sure they'll take that. Yeah, and you know, actually looking at their looking at their neighbors to the north there, that Nashua North actually has a very manageable schedule. They don't they it looks like they only play about 14 games, but again, if they were to win some of those games that maybe they you know, playing against those teams vying for the 7 and 8 spot, they could find themselves in the playoffs too. Um, they've got they've got a they're not playing any of the big boys twice, so they they've got a very manageable schedule as well. So who knows? Maybe my bottom my bottom four might be off. I mean that's but. you know that's kind of what we always kind of hope for with this kind of stuff is I mean maybe we may know that it's going to be you know BG and Pinkerton at the top, but the rest of it uh, sometimes can you know it's a roll of the dice just because of those like we said those unbalanced schedules. Who's playing who out of state, out of division? Who plays who twice within the division? Um, you know it's. I'm looking forward to those some fun, the, some of those fun out-of-state games that are coming up here this year, though. The fact that uh, you know we're getting a little bit more recognition recognition from Massachusetts and, and outside the area, and those teams are willing to come up to come up to us now is great. Um, it'll be be good for the state. Hopefully, we can knock hopefully we can knock <laughs> some of those teams off. Um, I mean, any thought early thoughts on players of the year? I know they you know state does offense defense. Coach of the year, obviously, you know Brian Cameron's. I think Brian, be a you know, when, when you're talking offense. offensively, I think I think you you start with Brian Cameron. Um, defensively, I think you're going to see one of the goal one of the goalies in there. Um, you know, I think it'll either be it'll be either Sturgis, Vote, Hype Miller, um, defensively there. Um, you know, other names to watch. I, th I think you got to throw a Ryan Osier in there. I think you got to throw a Mike Penna in there. Um, you know, uh, midfielders, you know, Bedford with having such a strong midfield group, I, I think the problem with midfielders is oftentimes they don't put up enough points. And if you're not a face-off yeah. guy, then maybe you're not you're not putting up the kind of production that, that you would need to be an offensive player of the year. Um, but, yeah, I, I, think, I think someone from that group will probably be offensive player of the year. Coach, we did it. We did we it. Made first it to the one end of the, the first episode. Uh, hopefully the first of, of many this year um want to thank you again for for stopping in and uh joining me uh not just today but throughout the season uh hope hope you enjoyed it i'm looking forward to the rest of the season man we'll get we'll get a little d2 preview next week and uh we'll do d3 after the week after that do we any any early uh any uh previews as to who's going to be the your your top pick in, in there no you don't have to answer that. <laughs> he is uh chris hetler uh, head coach of dairy field uh, boys lacrosse uh thanks again for joining me coach i'm joe marcellina uh you can listen to us on nh-highschoolsports.com uh, until next week thanks for listening